Chapters 1 and 2 of Pep, the Story of a Brave Dog by Clarence Hawks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 1 A Blue Ribbon Dog Pep sat up very straight at his end of the car seat and looked hard out of the window. This was his usual amusement when he and his master were traveling, but he did not travel often as his master was a very busy man so he appreciated every trip that they made. His full name was Pepsin. His master was a doctor, so that accounted for the name. With the boys, however, who all loved him, the name stood for Pep, or Grit. Pep was an English bull terrier, sleek and clean-cut. His white coat shone like satin, and it was as soft as velvet well it might have shown for the doctor's man had been washing and brushing the dog for weeks pep knew that the trip was momentous but just where they were going or what was up he could not have told his master was usually calm and collected but this morning he was excited the dog could feel it plainly in fact he felt all the changes of temperament in his beloved master if he was sad or glad, the dog changed his own feelings to keep pace with his god. Pep was not as democratic as most terriers. He was quite particular about his friendships. There was but one person in the whole world whom he devotedly loved, and that was the doctor. You could see this by the way he looked sideways at his master when he tired of the landscape. Also by the manner in which he met the advances of strangers on the train. Their destination was the New York bench show, where Pep was to be entered. This was the momentous errand on which they were bent. Pep was the usual type of bull terrier, about 16 inches at the shoulders, and weighing nearly 40 pounds. His ears were cocked and pointed, their backs had been shaved that very morning, and the pink blood coursed through them freely. The doctor was reading a newspaper, and occasionally the dog would give it a poke with his nose to intimate that the man ought to stop and talk to him. The doctor and his wife had no children, and they always referred to Pep as the boy. Arrived at the New York Central, Pep and his master took a taxi for Madison Square. Once they were fairly within this great arena, Pep thought it the most exciting place he had ever even dreamed of such a host of dogs he had not thought the world contained there were large dogs and small dogs short-haired dogs and long-haired dogs excited dogs and complacent dogs but most all were excited a dog had to have a pretty good opinion of himself to keep his head in such a place as this such a chorus of yelping and barking growling and whining greeted them as they walked down the main street that pep did not know whether to be joyous or angry for the life of him he could not tell whether it was only just play or the preliminary to a great fight if the men did really loose all these dogs and they should fly at one another's throats he made up his mind that he would get a good hold on the throat of a bulldog who had growled at him as he passed and not let go until the cross fellow had apologized presently they stopped before a man in a small booth who asked a lot of tiresome questions about pep he wanted his age weight breeding and many more facts which the master patiently gave him 
finally pep was given a number two hundred and twenty-three and they passed along they passed by st bernard street newfoundland street collie street and finally down to the smaller dogs until they came to the terriers where they located permanently in bull terrier street there were about forty dogs here tied in a double row with a broad walk between the rows here the master tied pep in his own stall and told him to be a good dog and went to look for some friends for the first five minutes the dogs in bull terrier street were very disrespectful to pep and called him all the bad names in the dog dictionary but seeing how good-natured he was they soon ceased their jollying and asked him where he came from what his master's name was and what his name was presently he was on speaking terms with the dogs on either side of him it is a very fast class pep old boy said a sleek terrier across the street if the judge so much as looks at you you will be lucky my master says i am a sure winner but i'm not saying anything about it you've told each newcomer for the past two hours growled a savage-looking bull terrier next to him if i could only slip my collar i would fix you so that the judge would kick you out of the ring you have got too many airs my fine fellow at this harsh threat the dandy slunk back in his corner and finally lay down and pretended he was asleep but pep knew he was just shamming it seemed an eternity before his master reappeared but he was not really gone more than an hour when he came back he had another doctor with him whom pep knew well he was the master of pep's friend larry a clever irish terrier who had also come to the show presently there was great commotion in bull terrier street men came from every direction and unchained their dogs some put them on fancy show leashes and they were led away to the show ring here there was another inquisitive man who entered their names and numbers finally the ring was nearly full of bull terriers all excited and straining at their leashes each master was trying to make his dog hold up his head and look his prettiest pep's master had been giving him lessons to stand for inspection on the leash so he stood like a drum major with head up and his tail carried properly the judge spotted him almost as soon as he came into the ring he stopped short in his tracks at the sight of Pep and stood very still. The other dogs were straining at their leashes, but the judge did not see them. His eyes were all for Pep. Finally, he lifted his eyes to the doctor's face and winked at him knowingly. The doctor looked down quickly, but he gave Pep a confidential shove with his leg. Pep did not just understand this, but thought it a good omen after that the judge did not even glance at him but went methodically about his work one by one the dogs were led from the ring each one took his cue from the dejected manner of his master so all went with tails drooping finally there were only two left besides pep then the judge stood these two dogs upon a little platform at the center of the ring and examined them carefully occasionally he would stop and glance across at pep pep saw that his master was watching the judge intently so he did the same when the judge looked his way he wagged his tail for he felt sure that this was a man to be cultivated 
Finally, the judge got up with a deep sigh. Take them both away, he said shortly. They are good dogs, but they are not in the class of this one. And he came over and stroked Pep's head. Here's his blue ribbon. Take him up to the free-for-all. It may not do any good, but I want to see him lined up against the old champion, Lord Lonsdale. Somehow I can't keep my eyes off him, but I presume he will look small enough beside the champion. The doctor stooped down and hugged Pep, and he was very happy. He felt sure that the man had liked him, and that pleased his master. He loved to please his master above all else. So they went back to Bull Terrier Street, Pep with his blue ribbon and his master looking very happy. There they received the congratulations of the surly dog who had threatened to chew the dandy's throat if he could get at him, while the dandy sulked in his corner. "'I liked you the first minute I saw you,' said the surly terrier, mellowing up and fairly smiling. "'You don't put on airs. I can't stand airs in a dog. That is, unless he is a champion.' wait till he goes up to meet the champion whimpered the dandy he'll come back with his tail between his legs or i am a liar you are a liar all right growled pep's new friend but he won't come back with his tail between his legs if he's licked he'll take it like a thoroughbred if the other dog's better than you are admit it and don't sulk as you are doing here the conversation was interrupted by a call for the winners in each class to go up to the ring for the finals, so Pep went with his master, and both were much excited. The judge did not so much as look at him when he entered the ring, and poor Pep thought it was all up. He felt sorry for his master, who, he at once saw, felt the slight. "'Keep your head up, old chap,' whispered the master, and Pep looked as haughty as he could, copying the manner of the old champion who stood at the centre of the platform, his eyes half shut, gazing off into space, just as though the whole show bored him to death, and he would be glad when it was over. One by one the winners were placed on the platform by the champion, but it needed only a glance at most of them, and the judge said, "'Take em away.' Then master and dog would slink out of the ring." The last dog who went on before Pep lasted much longer than his predecessors had. The judge looked him over for several minutes, and even held his head beside the champions before pronouncing his doom. Then he turned about quickly. "'Where's the doctor's dog?' he said. "'He is the only dog in the show that can give the old champion anything like a go. Bring him on.' Pep mounted to the platform, much excited, although he tried hard not to show it. The champion looked at him sleepily out of the corner of his eye. Pep thought his manner said, So, here's another. Well, they will soon take him away. The judge stepped back several feet and looked at them very hard, without saying a word. Then he scratched his head and said, Well, I'll be darned. I never expected to be up against it like this. Then he went up and began feeling the two dogs over very carefully. He passed his hand along their backs and legs. He let their ears slip gently through his fingers. He lifted up their paws, then put them down. Pep watched him from the corner of one eye. He could see that the judge was more and more worried. Then he stood off and looked at them again. He scratched his head and pulled his mustache, 
then came back and went all over the handling process once more finally he held a muzzle in either palm and laid their heads side by side his hand trembled and pep felt that he was much excited at last he stood up and heaved a deep sigh i am very sorry he said and stooped down and stroked the old champion's head poor pep's heart stood still he felt as though the judge had struck him he wanted to yelp with pain he knew it would disappoint his master so but the judge's next words fairly stunned him take away the old champion he said he is outclassed this and he laid his hand caressingly on pep's head is the better dog i never dreamed that i would live to see lord lansdale dethroned then a great shouting went up around the ring hurrah for pepson congratulations doctor let me stroke him let me get inside and feel him over bring him out doctor we want to take some photos of him for the press pepson was so astonished at all this fuss that at first he thought he had done something bad and was to be punished but when his master caught him up in his arms and hugged him joyously his happiness was complete from that time on as long as they stayed at the show he was a much petted and flattered dog if he had been a silly vain dog it would have turned his head but he was a sensible fellow and he took it as a matter of course the following day when pep and the doctor were having a fine time walking about the great hall along the main street looking at the dogs a boy in uniform with a blue cap came over to his master and gave him an envelope pep sat on his haunches and watched the doctor very closely while he looked at the piece of paper somehow he did not like these messengers with their pieces of paper they always upset things this one seemed to be even more disturbing than usual for the doctor put the telegram hurriedly into his pocket and they started out of the building not stopping to speak to anyone it's my call pep he said as they took a taxi for the grand central i'm off for the war old chap end of chapter one chapter two the runaway pep's master was very quiet all the way home and the wise dog knew intuitively that he was disturbed about something he tried several times by rubbing against him to get him to notice his blue ribbon dog but after several futile attempts he settled down at his end of the seat and went to sleep with his muzzle on his master's knee he had often seen the doctor like this when studying on some perplexing case so he wisely left him to his thoughts occasionally he would wake up and look at him out of the corner of one eye when he would find him studying the disturbing letter that the messenger boy had given him it was not until they were almost home that the doctor aroused himself and took the dog into his confidence pep old boy he said stroking his sleek sides rubbing his nose and pulling his ears gently in a way he loved we have got a hard task ahead of us i don't know what the mistress will say we have expected it for weeks but it will be a shock just the same the motor was waiting for them at the station as the doctor had telegraphed ahead and they were soon whizzing through the darkness towards pop's kennel which he considered the best spot on earth how did the mistress take it thompson asked the physician as they bowled along i did not say what was up but i imagined she would guess you know i had intended to stay the rest of the week 
she knew right off she is bearing up well sir but it is a great blow to us all she's a brave little woman doctor and won't show the white feather the little woman referred to met them at the door she had a warm embrace for the doctor and a pat on the head for pep but she did not even notice the blue ribbon which showed how disturbed they were it's come at last betty said the doctor briefly as he removed his overcoat he handed her the hateful telegram and stood watching as she read it pep watched both his mistress and master narrowly and his dog heart was troubled for he noticed that his mistress shivered as she took the telegram the little cry that escaped her as she read it made him whimper and go to her standing on his hind legs and putting his paws on her knees she reached down and stroked his glossy head and a tear fell on his upturned muzzle i wouldn't have you miss it for the world john she finally managed to say it's a man's part and you are every inch a man but it has come so suddenly ah, you are a brave woman betty the doctor returned chokingly i thank you for making it so easy for me it is just as hard for me to go as it is for you to have me there is little danger to a surgeon i will come back all right look at pep betty he wants you to see his blue ribbon he is a blue ribbon dog now he'll take care of you while i am gone won't you old sport the mistress admired the trophy as much as pep could have wished but somehow it did not satisfy him he knew instinctively the house was filled with tragedy and what was a blue ribbon more or less when such things were happening for the next two hours everyone hurried frantically to and fro such confusion pep had never seen in the well-ordered house the mistress would suffer no hands but her own to finally pack the doctor's suitcase others might hand things to her but her hands must tuck them away for him pep followed disconsolately from room to room keeping out of the way as well as he could he finally took up his position by the front door and waited this was the door through which his master always left when he went on important missions he determined not to be left behind if it made his mistress feel so badly to have master go away he would go with him then she would know he would be safe of course all this packing meant his master was going away he had seen it many times before but why they hurried so and why everyone's heart ached he could not imagine at last everything was ready and thompson and the motor were at the door the doctor came into the office pep saw that his face was very white the mistress came in also and stood close to him her face also was white and she was trembling neither spoke for several seconds then the doctor took her in his arms and held her tight for at least a minute then still without speaking he set her gently down in the large easy chair and with a sudden motion slipped out of the front door with his suitcase he went so suddenly that the cry of the mistress and the bang of the door sounded almost together the closing door missed pep's muzzle by barely an inch he leaped at it and whined frantically and whimpered as the motor rolled away then like the faithful companion and sympathetic friend that he was leaped into his mistress's lap to kiss away her tears and comfort her she hugged him to her heart and poured out her grief in his sympathetic ears of course he did not know just what made her feel so badly but he snuffled in unison with her and told her as plainly as a dog could that he felt just as badly as she did and that they were fellow sufferers finally the mistress dried her eyes and went to straighten out the house 
pep lay down upon his favorite rug to think he did not intend to submit tamely to being left behind in this unceremonious manner he thought to such good advantage that when thompson came back with the motor he had fully made up his mind when the chauffeur at last came in after putting up the car pep was waiting for him at the front door he had his muzzle close to the crack so as to be ready thompson had barely opened the door and squeezed partly through for he had been warned to look out for pep when the terrier shot between his legs and with a scurry of feet along the walk he was gone into the darkness a second later he was out on the street running frantically for the depot thompson and the mistress whistled and shouted but he paid no attention to them and they saw him disappear twenty rods away around a corner running like the wind he's gone after the doctor the little cuss has gone to war cried thompson what shall we do the doctor told me half a dozen times to-night to keep an eye on him take the motor and follow to the station he can't go further than that so for the second time that night the doctor's machine whizzed away to the depot thompson had to put some gasoline in the car before he could follow so pep reached the depot five minutes ahead of the machine instead of finding the train puffing away on the tracks as he had expected the rails were clear his master had gone he was too late he sniffed frantically up and down the platform to find the scent but there was none that he could recognize then he remembered the track the two shining sticks that the train always ran upon he knew which way his master had gone the one way to new york he looked up at the station platform and away into the darkness then thompson and the motor whizzed up that decided him he turned his nose towards new york and galloped frantically down the track meanwhile the doctor sat in the smoking car chewing savagely on the end of his cigar and looking gloomily out of the window his home and his wife had hitherto been all and all to him now his country had called him he found to his surprise that there had been all the time a deep sense of love of country lying dormant in his nature a newsboy on the train was selling small silk flags the doctor purchased one and placed it in his buttonhole his fingers now fondled it lovingly as he mused all that he loved here in the homeland was dropping further and further behind this new strange passion for country was taking him far from home wife and friends to what hardships and struggles he knew not it did not matter though as long as he came through safe and sound at this point in his reflection a shiver ran through the train at first it was only a tremor but immediately it grew into a crashing grating grinding sound the train buckled in the middle raising three cars fairly from the track others swayed this way and that there was the sound of breaking car floors of shattered glass and grinding car frames together with the more frightful sound of the ripping of rails and the breaking of ties but shot through all these mighty sounds of destruction there was the frantic screams of women and the hoarse cries of men who fought and struggled as they felt themselves hurled to doom it was only a broken axle that had caused all this destruction of life and property so the superintendent's report said a few days later the car in which the doctor was riding fared better than many of the others and merely toppled on its side after being butted off the track the physician was thrown across the aisle but not injured 
almost before the rest of the passengers knew what had happened he was on his feet and breaking his way out through a window five minutes later he was going from point to point attending the injured organizing relief and giving what aid he could with the limited means at hand meanwhile pep was galloping frantically after the express train he had not dreamed it was such a long way to new york it had always seemed like a very short ride to him while sitting on a car seat looking out of the window surely the great snorting thing which drew the train had long legs and ran very fast for an hour the terrier galloped at his best pace but the straight and level way stretched on just as straight and unending as it had been when he started by this time he was getting tired so he slowed down and began to wonder if he should ever reach the great city where he had been so recently to the dog show perhaps he had not done right to come he knew well that thompson and his mistress had called him he had heard them plainly perhaps his master would not even be glad to see him maybe he would rather he had remained at home to guard the place while he was gone his thoughts were not probably quite as definite as this but he began to have misgivings about running away now a bright light loomed up in the distance it was the train no it could not be it was coming towards him on it came like a terrible demon rushing straight at him he bolted down the embankment to safety just as the train swept by it was on one of the other tracks and would not have harmed him but it was just as well not to take any chances he had seen a careless dog cut in two once at his hometown station again pep took to the rails and galloped on for another fifteen minutes then his patience was rewarded for he saw a light ahead not one but several there were men running hurriedly about the train had stopped it must be the doctor's train for it was on the right track he would find his beloved master soon almost the first person that pep saw as he galloped up to the wreck was the doctor he was kneeling beside a man lying on the ground the man was groaning and the physician was doing something for him pep was a doctor's dog and quite well versed in the ways of doctors he had often sat on his favorite rug in the office during a serious consultation he did not notice that his master was trying to replace a dislocated shoulder or he never would have jumped and pulled his coat-tail as he did to the doctor at this critical time all dogs were alike so without even looking around he kicked at the intruder who was disturbing his work the kick though slight caught pep under the jaw and made him yelp but it hurt his feelings mightily here he had nearly run his legs off to catch up with the train and his master did not even look around when he barked also an unheard-of thing had happened he had kicked him so he retired to the edge of the circle of light that surrounded the wreck and sat on his haunches watching the doctor work presently the shoulder snapped back into place and the surgeon passed on to other unfortunates pep followed at a distance always keeping on the rim of light at the edge of darkness for half an hour he dodged about keeping himself half in the shadow watching then a wrecking train came up and a score of doctors and nurses descended at about the same time the forward part of the wrecked train which had not left the rails was made ready for completing the run to new york the conductor went up and down calling for everyone to get aboard with genuine alarm pep saw his master climb into the car nearest the engine 
but he did not dare to follow him he was probably very angry and would not like to see him at all he saw the conductor wave his arm at the engineer who was leaning out of the cab window then the locomotive began to puff and the train to move while two cars went past him pep stood uncertain then with a scramble and a glad bark he sprang upon the rear platform of the third and last car he went with such a rush that he nearly slid off on the other side but he finally gained his footing and crouched down beside the door presently the train got up speed the car swayed from side to side and he slipped and slid on the smooth floor the train also made a great noise which terrified him he was lonesome also as there was no one to notice him out there alone in the dark there certainly was a difference between travelling in a warm coach with one's master and slipping and sliding about on the rear platform stealing a ride like an ordinary tramp after about half an hour which seemed much longer to pep the train entered the long dark underground passage which he had always noticed just before they reached the great city they were almost there when the train at last stopped pep slid down from his platform and ran along towards the engine but his master was too quick for him when he reached the car where he had seen him enter he was walking rapidly down the platform almost running in fact a taxi driver was carrying his master's suitcase and they seemed much excited the official at the gate saw they were in a great hurry so did not detain them and pep slipped through between his legs while he was looking at the ticket of a passenger who was just entering pep had all he could do to keep his master's legs in sight and not confuse them with some other man's legs to him the place was all legs legs and skirts hurrying this way and that electric gongs were ringing men and women were calling to one another the megaphone man was shouting out the trains and engines were thundering in the train sheds we've got just forty minutes to make the boat said pep's master as he scrambled into the taxi and the driver hurled the suitcase in after him can you make it the man's reply was lost by the slamming of the door but he sprang into the driver's seat and the motor started pep had not been allowed to follow the doctor's car at home but this was different his master had gone off and left him he had not dared even make himself known for a second he hesitated then fell in behind the motor and began a wild race for the wharf such a bedlam he had not even dreamed of as that which filled his ears once they were fairly out on broadway machines whizzed by at every rod he kept close to the taxi so as not to be run down by some passing machine several times the taxi almost stopped and once the doctor shouted to the driver that they must hurry out and in they twisted breaking many traffic rules but always making sure and steady progress towards the wharf at last they whizzed down into the great noisy thoroughfare leading to the waterway finally the machine stopped the driver snatched the suitcase and the doctor fairly ran after him as they hurried towards a strong gate that was constantly opening and closing with a loud bang even before they reached it pep made up his mind that if his master got through without seeing him he would lose him so as the gate opened he sprang upon the physician with a glad bark the doctor turned and looked down at him then pep leaped full in his arms and planted a dog kiss on his cheek for heaven's sake pep exclaimed the astonished physician is that you where in the world did you drop from 
i must find someone to take you back home you'll have to hurry mister shouted the taxi driver what can i do with this dog cried the perplexed physician i don't know how he ever got here but i can't leave him alone you are going to miss the boat you can't wait another minute take him along you can ship him back on the boat or find someone to take care of him on the other side pep stood on his hind legs looking up into his master's face the doctor was dazed and uncertain the taxi-man shouted again i tell you the boat will sail in just one minute take him along or miss the boat all right old pal it's us for europe with these words the doctor stooped down and gathered pep up in his arms partially covering him with his overcoat to shield him from fussy officials and followed the excited taxi driver into the elevator up they shot and then along the gangplanks to the great floating palace which was to be pep's home for the next ten days about ten seconds later the tug began straining at the hawser working the great boat out of her slip the adventure had fairly begun dog and master were upon their way across the atlantic to take part in the great struggle against the hun End of chapter two